Chapter 1. A Story. In his Essays in the Art of Writing, Robert Louis Stevenson wrote, There's nothing so disenchanting than to be shown the springs and mechanisms of any art. This book exposes the springs and mechanisms of the art of analyst influence. The focus is on the much maligned but supremely important Gartner Magic Quadrant, a tool used by buyers to select technology products. Each vendor is represented by a dot on a simple graph. While the goal may be to move the dot up and to the right, there are other rewards from following the strategies and tactics presented here. Influencing analysts is not just an exercise in targeting the perceptions that a few analysts at Gartner have of you, your company, and your product. It means managing all of the influencing factors that ultimately lead to that magic moment when the Gartner analyst compiles his or her spreadsheets, examines the scattershot result, and moves the dot for your product to its final position. Now, wait a minute, you say. The Gartner Magic Quadrants are just guides. They're not the ultimate arbiter of product selection. Everyone knows that the vendors in the leader's quadrant paid to get there. The positions of the various vendors in the quadrant are arbitrary, capricious, and determined by the subjective choice of the analyst. If you are misplaced, it's because the analyst has a personal dislike for you or your product. These are some of the myths around the Gartner MQ. As a VP research at Gartner until 2004, I was privy to how the process worked and I saw firsthand the powerful impact your position in your industry's MQ could have on sales, growth, investor interest, and even ultimately the acquisition of a vendor based on their positioning in the upper right quadrant, the leader's quadrant. I can attest to the fact that the pay-to-play myth is completely false. Often I did not even know the vendor was a Gartner client, and I rarely knew the amounts they paid for Gartner research or to participate in Gartner events. I also had direct experience of vendors who did the right things to get my attention, win me over, and eventually influence their position in the magic quadrants I was responsible for. Let me tell you the story of the North American Enterprise Firewall Magic Quadrant during my stint at Gartner from 2000 to 2004. Keep in mind that in those early days Gartner had not refined its MQ methodology. It was more subjective than objective, which is something I will explore in depth in this book. I was the third analyst to take on the Firewall MQ. I inherited an MQ that had mostly legacy vendors in it. Checkpoint, Cisco, Gauntlet, even Sidewinder and Raptor. It had been several years since there were any major moves of any of the dots. I came to the MQ from a fresh perspective and hoped to move the MQ to drive the vendors towards what I saw was happening in the market. Gartner's strength and market advantage in the research industry is its large client base. Today it has over 11,000 customers, mostly large enterprises, state and local governments, universities, and financial services firms. Gardner analysts derive their expertise from the continual interaction with the IT departments of these organizations. I remember thinking when I first joined Gartner that I may not have been an expert on the IT security industry when they hired me, but after six months of four to eight calls every single working day with CIOs and their teams, I became an expert. The questions posed in these inquiries from clients were often the same and could quickly be used to identify common concerns, popular trends in vendor selection, and an increasing level of interest in my particular area, network security. At one point, a vendor that had gone to market in the heady days of the Internet boom as a roll-up of security companies, Network Associates Incorporated, arranged to have a massive strategic engagement session with eight separate analysts. 
This was very unusual and very expensive, about $80,000 to get all the analysts to fly out to California to meet with the entire executive team led by Gene Hodges, president of NAI. There was a day-long review of each of the markets NAI played in. Years before, NAI had acquired the Gauntlet Firewall, and it was the basis of their network security solution. There was just one problem. Over the previous year, out of several hundred inquiries about firewalls, just two were about Gauntlet. When it came time for me to present, I flatly told the executive team it was time to end of life the Gauntlet Firewall. It did not have any market traction with the large enterprises that NAI was targeting, and that comprised Gartner's customer base. As I made my statement, backed up by my mentor, dialed in on the squawk box in the center of the long conference table, I looked around the room to judge the reaction. I saw heads nodding and eye contact being made. I knew that our advice was right on target, and we were confirming a decision already contemplated by the executive team. What occurred next is a lesson in what happens when an analyst makes a bold call. The repercussions can impact the analyst's career and bring out the worst in a vendor. When I drafted the next version of the Firewall Magic Quadrant, I removed Gauntlet altogether. Keep in mind that Gauntlet had been carried over as a leader, and now I was erasing it. When I set out to draft all the vendors listed in the MQ, I started to receive urgent calls from the Gartner Inquiry Desk. The VP of Marketing for NAI needed to talk to me. He was traveling in Europe but would take the time. When we connected, he was livid. Not only are we the most visionary firewall vendor, but we have the best ability to execute, he shouted. These qualities, of course, are the two axes of the MQ. I told them that he should check with his executive team because perhaps I was privy to upper management sentiments that he was not. The next call I got was from one of the most senior analysts at Gartner. Ken McGee was old school and had been with Gartner from the early days when everyone worked in the small building at the end of Top Gallant Road in Stamford, Connecticut, and Gideon Gartner was still at the helm. During my four-day Gartner boot camp training, Ken had come in to present on being a curmudgeon. This was the first time I had ever taken a call from him. He wanted to say that the marketing guy from NAI was raising hell and wanted me fired. I explained the sequence of events, and all he said was, Check your facts and stick to your guns. We will support you all the way. I published the MQ without Gauntlet, and two months later, NAI announced the end-of-life EOL of Gauntlet and passed the product off to Secure Computing, another vendor of firewalls. In a still unexplained twist of events, NAI, now McAfee, acquired Secure Computing in 2008 before being acquired in turn by Intel in 2010. Gartner analysts have to deal with irate marketing people all the time. It is a symptom of bad analyst relations, AR, and the frustration many vendors experience when dealing with Gartner. I'll have more to say later on about how not to react to unfavorable analyst coverage. The firewall MQ story does not end there. In 2003, a new network security technology was simultaneously developed by three new vendors. Intrusion Prevention, IPS, was a technology developed to counter the threat of the day, worms and network attacks that could come in through open ports in the firewall. You might recall MS Blaster, SQL Slammer, Code Red, and NIMDA all easily caught by IPS. It seemed to me that eventually firewalls would have to incorporate IPS if they were going to remain effective as the primary gateway security solution. I used the firewall MQ to communicate this to the Gartner client base. I moved all of the leaders at the time, including Cisco, Checkpoint, and NetScreen, to the Challenger's Quadrant 
and informed the vendors that no one would be put in the leader's quadrant until they incorporated IPS capability into their firewalls. NetScreen was the first to make a move. They acquired an IPS vendor, one secure, and I moved them to the leader's quadrant all on their own. NetScreen went public and was quickly snapped up by Jupiter Networks for a cool $4.1 billion. I'm not claiming credit for causing that tremendous success story, but it is a great example of how an analyst can be on top of a market, see what is coming on the horizon, and leverage the MQ to inform and influence. This book is not about the IT security market, even though this is one of the more vibrant spaces. Endless coverage at Gartner grew from two of us in the networking group to what is today a separate security research group with close to 40 analysts. This book is meant to provide actionable tactics and strategy for any vendor in the information technology industry. My perspective is derived first from my experience at PricewaterhouseCoopers as a consumer of analyst research, followed by four years on the inside as I watched Gartner go through the tumultuous dot-com bust and evolve into the industry-dominant force it is today. Then to my experience at two vendors, Webroot Software and Fortinet Incorporated, where I struggled with adverse analyst perceptions, and finally, from my experience building an independent analyst practice over the last seven years and helping many clients create their analyst influence strategies. As an independent analyst, I'm only a small cog in the analyst machine. Vendors make up to 90% of my clients, and all of them struggle with the same frustration with the Gardner Magic Quadrant process. It's expensive, confusing, and takes a tremendous amount of effort, often with no positive results. You know that frustration. You know you have great technology, certainly better than your competitors. You know that you're growing rapidly. You know that Gartner's own clients choose your product over your competitors all the time. Yet the analyst just doesn't seem to get it. You are pigeonholed in the wrong category. Your innovations are not recognized. Your channel strategy does not match your analyst's ideal. The analyst does not see the tidal wave coming that you are riding. Your interactions are confrontational, and the sales team is clamoring for you to do something to make their jobs easier. This book will give you the guidance you need to overcome these frustrations. It is a no-hype guide to things that work. It's a framework that takes into account the vastly different influence equation since the rise of bloggers and social media. I draw on my own experience and that of AR pros I have worked with, as well as other industry analysts, to identify the tactics and strategies you need to follow if you're going to move the dot up and to the right. If you are an executive at a technology company, an investor in those companies, a marketing professional, or an analyst relations person, you will find this book to be a distillation of the advice I provide to my clients that works to get your products and company recognized for its ability to execute and its completeness of vision. I have given internal seminars to train marketing teams in these techniques. I've helped early-stage companies get positioned on their respective magic quadrant, sometimes with just the simplest advice. I have practical insight into what works and what does not. Read on.